This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, Euronext bid briefly for all funds. Meanwhile, they launch an interesting IRS MTF via Euro MTS. 250 million Australian dollars has already been expended by stakeholders on the ill-fated chess replacement fiasco, on top of the similar amount written off by ASX itself just last month. The charge sheet has been superseded from SDNY, and it looks even uglier for SBF. Moreover, it also has the air of being a signed template with which pretty much anybody in crypto who has chanced upon US business may find themselves culpable. Tata will profits fall while those who received FTX donations to their political campaigns have passed the Feb 28 deadline to repay the donation or face liquidator liquidation. Meanwhile, Coinbase didn't really report accounting numbers. It's more a kind of meltdown where gravity regained control of crypto. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 183. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, The Unique Guide to the Bourse Business, sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. Meanwhile, I did warn in Exchange Invest 2584 on Monday, February 13th, about the perils of staff using chat GPT. And after the ecstasy, AI-induced writing has had a bad week. First up, JPM sensibly warned staff off using chat GPT and other such open networks as... Good grief when you feed in confidential financial information. Hey presto, the AI knows your secrets. Elsewhere, the US Copyright Agency, they've had a bit of a kerfuffle, and it would appear that what you create with AI, you can't actually protect under copyright law because, guess what, it wasn't written by a human. Parishioners may recall that risk management has often made great strides when it thinks outside the box, as opposed to impeccably analysing the maths within their perception of the known world. See also long-term capital management. We seem to have a similar position with OpenGPT. Rem, for those who want to outperform in the bourse business, it's not about artificial intelligence. The secret is... Well, you're already here on first base listening to this podcast. Now reach for second. Subscribe to Exchange Invest to stay ahead of what is happening in the bourse business by reading the Exchange Invest newsletter, The Exchange of Information. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. In BitCarnage this week, perhaps testifying isn't the same for SBF without Terry Duffy mouthing platitudes. That's a euphemism before the hearings get underway in Washington. Anyway, 
apparently when it comes to the Voyager digital bankruptcy hearings, suddenly SBF has gone all shy. That, of course, coinciding with more than a month off social media for the knobbly need accused of the FTX fiasco. Perhaps SBF just prefers the hearings being in Washington, D.C., with that nice Maxine Waters blowing kisses at him. This was one of the highlights of this week's BitCarnage coverage in Exchange Invest. Another headline which made us laugh. Out loud, SBF lawyers to pay for technical expert to aid judge on bail terms. That was before the extra four charges were levered at SBF and his former head of engineering, Mr. CC1, I mean, sorry, Mr. Nishad Singh, delivered a guilty plea to his arraignment. The macro and bit carnage is now not so much about SBF going down, that looks inevitable, but also as former SEC Office of Internet Informant Chief John Reed Stark notes... The entire crypto ecosystem is under regulatory and prosecutorial siege. Speaking of institutions who may not be under prosecutorial siege, but they're certainly under some sort of siege, ASIC has asked ASX for more reports to explain their chess debacle. ASIC bearing their fangs with gusto finally ought to be the thing, as ASX continues to flail without much coherence in understanding what went wrong with their whole long-drawn-out digital asset disaster. Better news in Europe, if FAMA, the European Federation of Asset Managers, they've welcomed the European Exchange's proposal on a consolidated tape. Meanwhile, Interactive Brokers founder and supremo Thomas Petterfee has noted, Our business is extremely good lately. Remarkably robust brokerage numbers from Interactive Brokers, despite the fact that the stock market hasn't been altogether super healthy. Speaking of not necessarily super healthy weather in the Hong Kong budget this week, Hong Kong government is going to consider allowing stock trading during severe weather. The typhoon trading sessions, as previously trailed in theory shortly after Nicholas Agazin became CEO, seem to be making a step forward with this mention in the Hong Kong budget speech. In results this week, it was a busy week for results in the parish. All the details were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. Bit of a slip back for Hong Kong exchanges of course, during the course of a relatively tricky market and an even trickier market for the Chinese mainland as COVID was still being battled across Chinese territory. At least on the other hand, their results looked absolutely fantastic compared to Coinbase's Q4 numbers and year-end numbers. In the end, Coinbase managed to bamboozle assets into such dire numbers. This amounted to a beat across the analytical cadre. But in reality, when your revenue collapses over 75% and you plunge from profit to significant loss, the only way to describe these numbers is hashtag Coyote Ugly. Group revenues grew 8.8% in the New Zealand Exchange annual report. Steady but sound swan song numbers for outgoing chairman James Miller as he reaches the end of his term in office. Having broadly repaired what was a somewhat messy situation he inherited during a challenging time for New Zealand, exacerbated by the rank incompetence of Prime Minister Ardern and her crazed totalitarian COVID policies. 
All the rest of the results were in Exchange Invest Daily this week, the newsletter that no person in the Bourse business can afford to be without. Meanwhile, from the exchange of information, some highlights of big deals during the course of the past week. New Zealand Exchange, they've completed the Key Street acquisition from Craig's. Euronext, they were exploring a takeover of the H&F-backed All Funds, but they withdrew their indicative offer within days. Presumably they weren't able to convince either Hellman Friedman or BNP Paribas, whose bank and asset management organisation are the second largest shareholder of All Funds with 12.1%, while Hellman and Friedman own 39.8%. Remember, if you're trying to understand the world of digital finance, how markets are going to develop and the overall growth of market structure in the future, you should be reading my most recent book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World, published by DV Books and distributed by Ingram Worldwide. While you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream Tuesday 6pm London, 1 o'clock New York time. It's the IPO video live show. Catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. Our most recent show, episode 96, we had a fantastic conversation with long-time financial and financial technology journalist Jeff Cutler. Jeffrey Cutler's journey from ATMs to cryptocurrencies was a much listen, as indeed will be show 97 coming up on Tuesday with Professor Albert Menkfeld discussing non-standard errors in markets. If you've ever used data, you'll want to listen to this show. In Cryptoland, a Coinbase survey has indicated 20% of Americans own crypto. Crypto ownership is highest amongst younger Americans, 36% of Gen Z and 30% of millennials reportedly owning crypto assets. Actually, the shock for me there was just how low penetration actually was for Gen Z in the millies. 30 to 36% doesn't sound like a lot after the huge crypto bubble we've been through. Maybe they'll get somewhere with V2.0, which will be a much higher number in terms of adoption than what I think are relatively poor V1.0 results. In product news, oh, lots of news about Nickel BHP. They've called for the London Metal Exchange Nickel Benchmark to be overhauled. At the same time, the LME have decided that they're actually going to open the nickel market once again during Asian trading hours. Presumably some eagle-eyed vigilant folks will at least be awake to monitor this return to Asian hours starting from 1am London time during the working week. Over at the CME, they've decided they're going to launch their nickel contract using prices from a new platform. They're going to be basing their futures on the nascent Global Commodities Holdings platform powered by Trayport. In India, NSE, an arm of that organization, their indexing arm, no less, has launched India's first municipal bond index. That's a big leap forward towards really unleashing the yield curve and bond trading across the Indian subcontinent. Over in Bursa Malaysia, the Securities Commission of Malaysia and the Bursa Malaysia are going to be endorsing dual class shares in the near future and they'll also facilitate private market instruments in the secondary market to enhance liquidity and enable better price discovery. The Malaysian Stock Exchange will also support Malaysia's fledgling carbon market. In technology news this week, ICE have selected Dow Jones as the main provider of news content available on ICE desktops. 
Given Bloomberg are a serious competitor in bonds and that the LSEG is in bed with Refinitiv, which is de facto getting a monopoly on the Reuters stream, Dow Jones appears the logical choice. I don't think this can be construed as a bid for the Wall Street Journal looming by ice where Bloomberg have been rumoured to be interested of late, but then again, who knows? Meanwhile, the ion shambles continues to harm the futures and options business over the course of its sorry tale since the hacking fiasco of last month. There have been at least some returns to normality. ICE has been gradually beginning to reset counterparty administrative time limits back to where they were pre-hack. But at the same time, as Yahoo Finance noted this week, frustrated traders continue to be missing a key piece of the market jigsaw puzzle after the ION hack. In other words, the CFTC's commitment of trader report. Down under, more bad news for ASX. The share registry, that's computer share, they've been targeting ASX's chess conflict of interest, seeking to disintermediate the computer share business. And at the same time, of course, a reminder that the aborted chess move has cost companies $250 million. That's after the $250 million that was written off just last month by the ASX itself. Good grief, ladies and gentlemen. $250 million written off here, $250 million written off here. Sooner or later, even in Australian dollars, you're going to be talking real money. Career paths this week. The JPX Group has had a major restructure. All the very best to the retiring group CEO, Kyoto Akira, who's going to be replaced by Yamaji Hiromi as group CEO, while the entire JPX Group undergoes quite the shake-up. The... CSE in Chittagong, they've re-elected Asif Ibrahim as chairman and the ASX has appointed a new group executive, Marcus Darren Yip, is moving over from 20 years experience and more in global financial markets with a background in prime brokerage and equity markets. Sad news to complete our career paths, people news this week. We are very sorry to report the death of André Villeneuve, who died of pancreatic cancer, aged 78. He spent a full career at Reuters during what was their golden era of monopoly, and that led to a spell of fascinating post-Reuters non-executive positions, including during the Euronext era of ownership, he was the non-executive chairman of LIFE. Now, of course, part of ICE Futures, Andre Villeneuve chairing life between 2003 and 2009. R.I.P. And that leads us, ladies and gentlemen, into the exciting world of other stories. The European Commission has banned all staff from using TikTok. I'm not sure that's a big loss for the platform in terms of content generation. But at the same time, here we are in the early years of the 21st century, two decades in, no less. And India has invoked emergency rules to avoid blackouts this summer. Worse still, the Johannesburg Bourse has now been forced to create a reserve of diesel to be able to burn generators and thus keep its computer systems running for at least six or seven days. What a shambles. South Africa's government has heaped opprobrium on the nation, an embarrassment for all parties as the country has a deepening electricity supply crisis. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, creator of markets the world over and indeed also 
the publisher of the Exchange Invest Daily Bulletin, the newsletter of the Bourse Business, the Exchange of Information. I wish you all a great week in blockchain, life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.